0: welcome to our podcast
1: we are beloved daughters
2: of christ and this is at the well welcome back everyone to season two episode three this is alex speaking along with our girls erica and rachel And we are very excited today because this is our first episode in Lent ever, and the topic we're going to be discussing is really on the sacrament of confession and the healing and conversion of our hearts that are needed. So, before we get into to this huge topic, I'm going to get Rachel to open up with a prayer for us. Thank you, Alex. In the name of the Father and of the Son
0: and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit. And bring our minds and our attention to focus completely on Jesus' call to conversion. Let us be open to the Holy Spirit to reveal to us our sins. To help us throughout this time in Lent to really rely solely on you. Solely on you to show us the depths of our souls and what we may not be able to see without your help. To uncover what we need to repent what we need to bring forward so that we can let it go so that we can find our rest in you god the father so that we can surrender everything surrender our lives to your will help us to bring forth all of these things so that we can then heal those wounds reconcile to you and live fuller lives lives of faith and lives of love and we ask this in the name of jesus christ your son amen In the name of the Father, Son, Holy
1: Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Just as we were talking about in our introduction, we are going to be uncovering more about this beautiful sacrament of confession. And I think in a nice way, it flows from our last episode. We talked about the baptism of our Lord and we talked about baptism being the initiation sacrament and one of the ways that we can sort of recover that clean state of soul that we get at baptism it's almost you know you can joke the closest we can get to being rebaptized is uh, is to enter into the sacrament of confession and just really repent before the lord and then leave that after absolution has been granted knowing that we have come clean with him about everything that stands between us and him and we just are able to leave that in a beautiful way, knowing that now it is our desire to be conformed to him completely and to return to that state of goodness that he made us in. Certainly we may fall again, and, and that's likely to happen, but there is this amazing victory we can experience with each confession. And priests will often testify to this too, right? They'll They'll say how they really like the sacrament of confession and celebrating it not because they get to hear people's juicy secrets or anything like that, but because they get to see every day the miracle of sinners who say, just like them, that they have messed up and they want to be better and they don't want to be defined by their sin anymore. They want to go back to God.
0: Yeah, there's something in what you're saying, Erica, in terms of being able to see someone else's humility before God it always inspires you to do the same we encourage one another by doing what we're supposed to be doing so when i see my brothers and sisters doing what they're supposed to be doing before God it always encourages me and gives me like it gives me the courage to to be able to do the same and it's such a beautiful thing to see one humbled before God and and to be able to do the same, it just makes you feel the need to continue to grow in holiness even further.
1: Yeah. And one of the first thoughts that comes to mind as we share maybe our own reflections on confession is actually linked to that concept of growth. We know that our theme for this entire season is growth. And it was really helpful for me in my spiritual life to make this transition in my understanding of confession. And I may have said this before already, so I apologize if I did. I think I used to feel that if one was progressing in their faith life, then they should go to confession less, because they're just sinning less. <laughs> and, and it made sense, it seemed to flow, like, I'm becoming holier, I'm committing less sin, so I just shouldn't need confession. But instead, I found it was the opposite. It was the case where A sign that I was growing more was that I was going to confession more often. I was accepting where I've fallen more often And I was becoming increasingly aware, even of the small things that stood between me and God and really wanting to repair those things quicker. And and I've always liked since then that understanding of a saint as not being one who never sins, but one who has smaller falls each time and shorter recovery times. So they're just able to pick themselves up faster and maybe pick themselves up for a lot less each and every time.
0: Yeah, I, I think for myself...
1: Probably the most memorable
0: moments of confession for me was actually returning to the sacrament after years of not being able to, of course, by my own fault, uh, just being too afraid or too scared or not really ready to face God after everything that I had done, and and to really just um, come back to Him. I wasn't humble enough yet to be able to, and once I did, there was just so much healing in that one confession that it was almost like i needed to keep going back because it was so healing for me and it was just it, it just lifted such a weight from from my soul that i literally feel every time i leave confession this heaviness that leaves my body and this lightness that comes out of it and knowing that i've taken a step closer to god in that moment that just for me it just feels so freeing And that idea of being free from your sins when you repent, it just, it's a beautiful gift that God gives us to be able to have that feeling here.
2: Rich, I really like how you described that in the ability to just feel lighter. And actually everything that you both have said is really summing up what a beautiful saint has written a lot on St. Augustine. And one of the things he's most well known for, I think, is, His line where he says, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And that's what this is really summing it up for, for me, is that experiencing his love in confession and his love of forgiveness and mercy, no matter what you come to him with, allows us to love better. Uh, more truly and freely to everyone around us. And it's like, just as there are and were effects of sin and there always will be, so too are there effects of this interior peace and exterior peace that transcends to others because of this beautiful healing sacrament that we get to experience. And it's so interesting because it's like the most like private and protected sacrament where you're coming to the Lord like this, but then the effects of it are I mean, God willing, one day we'll find out, but are really beautiful. But I, I love the description of just like feeling lighter from like knowing that love more truly and how, how we become less restless because what does it mean to really rest in God and rest in the Lord? And how can we do that without, without the virtues and his grace and gifts leading us to this sacrament?
0: Yeah and and you know it, what you were saying Alex it kind of brought to mind for me this image because we're focusing on growth this image of basically holding on to everything that's ever happened to us and trying to move forward and just you know imagining it in a bag just a bag of all our stuff a luggage if you will of all the things that we've done wrong and we're just carrying it around with us and how much easier it would be for us to move forward if we just let it go and so god gives us this sacrament to be able to to come to him and give him the bag so he can deal with it and just let it go so that we can start running closer towards him faster that was the image that kind of came to mind as you were saying this beautiful thing of
2: being able to rest in him just a Mm. beautiful quote by saint augustine it is yeah we're like we're no longer doomed or set in these ways and then it like exposes you to even more truth. Like Erica said, she thought that maybe she would want to go less as she took greater steps. But then the Lord gives us with the ability to be able to reflect on our sins and how they hurt him more deeply and that we can't just rationalize our sin, no matter how small.
0: Yeah. And then it goes back to what we were talking about in our previous episode, about self-knowledge and looking back at what we were talking about then and what we're mentioning now being able to be gifted by the holy spirit with the ability to to have knowledge and wisdom of our sins so that we can come back and then what happens is is that this amazing grace that takes place when we have come to the lord and have repented our sins he gives us even more grace to have more knowledge and more wisdom and that's where the growth continues and you just start to be able to see things with the eyes of the Lord instead of looking at it from our own sinful state and so it just continues it almost propels you forward every single time you keep coming back to him
2: mm-hmm. there's so much to be said to about true repentance and they just thinking about it let's say with the relationship with my husband if i said sorry for something and, and I'm kind of sarcastic about it or not very kind, you know, it it really shows, right? I really like one of the uh, quotations that really helped me see the necessity of
1: A frequent confession, frequent Eucharist was from a homily where a priest compared those two sacraments to what every good relationship and marriage needs. And he said a marriage would just fall apart if it didn't have these two phrases frequently. And that's I love you and I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. and it's funny how even if you're in the relationship, you don't really tire of hearing those things, right? Like, it, they're not just things you say once. Yeah, it'd be really funny if I said to my husband, like, you don't say I love you. And he's like, I said it that one time when we got married. And, <laughs> and <laughs> then if I said, you never say I'm sorry. And he's like, I said it four years ago, you know, during that one fight. It's funny how um, we need to hear them often. And I liked that analogy that I think of with my faith life now with, with Jesus. It's he needs to hear from me very often that I'm sorry. And, um, and in the Eucharist, if I desire to receive him and to be conformed to him, it's because I'm saying like, I love you and I need you in my life. Mm. That's just kind of the sign that the more often those two phrases are happening, it's like the healthier the relationship is. and, And it just helps me see the beauty of these two of the most repeatable sacraments, right? Like if you think about all the other sacraments, these are the two we'll we'll receive the most in our life, God willing, and they'll be the things to really nourish us through life.
0: Yeah, I like what you were saying, Erica, because it actually made me reflect on the fact too that if there is love, then there is a stronger sense of the wrong that you do to the other. And so... Because you love your husband so much, you want to to be aware of the things that you do that might affect your relationship with him. And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. Through our love of God, we don't want to endanger that relationship to the point where we are separated from him. And so we try our best to constantly maintain that relationship. And we do it by loving God. We make sure that we continue to try to repair for whatever damage we might have done because we aren't perfect and we are sinful. Thank goodness that Jesus came to call the sinners, <laughs> not the righteous, right? <laughs> so that we know that He's there for us. And it's just, I, I remember something Saint Ambrose actually said, and I think it's in our catechism as well. Saint Ambrose said, Um, That there were two types of conversions in the church, there are water and there are tears and the water of baptism, and and the tears of repentance. Those are the two ways in which we are converted that conversion is all a work of grace, and the grace of God to restore us to him. And thank goodness he loves us enough to know us enough that we actually have that sacrament available to us. And he doesn't just do it just so that we come once and that's it. He knows we're not just going to stop there. (laughs) Like we're still going to make mistakes. Only in the Lord would we be able to find that peace because even in our relationships with people, they may or may not forgive us. Right. Mm -hmm. but we know that God in his merciful way in his merciful love he will always forgive us there is nothing that we have done that is so wrong that he will never forgive us if we repent and we're truly sorry for our sins he will always accept us he'll always love us and I think that's the one thing that we can count on and rely on in our
2: relationship with God versus with other human beings, right? Yeah, no, it's so true. Like, can you imagine there being a human that we needed to apologize to as much as we need to for God? And he's just like got endless mercy for us, which is just mind blowing.
1: And maybe as a a last thought, I remember I was just sharing with you you two before we started recording, but... I like the way confession can just happen often in our life. And it can seem like a very everyday experience, you know, like depending on if we go weekly or biweekly or monthly, it can seem just very average. But something that struck me and strikes me continually is how It can be just an average day for me, like I can just schedule, okay, you know, it's the second Tuesday of the month, it's been maybe two weeks, I should just go, but eventually I'm going to go through a pattern of confession, communion, confession, communion, and even if it's my last day on earth, those are going to be the things that I need to do, and they'll be be the same average things that I want to do with the very last day that God gives me, I think I had a beautiful reminder of this the other day when I just drove back from confession and I thought about how interrelated confession is with a happy death. Because if we leave the sacrament knowing that we really confessed everything that we could think of and everything that we're repentant for and we told God that we want to start anew then we really stand before him absolved such that if if I were to die that day, you know, like I get into a car accident just driving home from the church, I thought that day how the idea of dying wouldn't terrify me. It would actually bring me a peace and a consolation because I know that if a priest were called to my side for the sacrament of the unction or last rites, then he would just do those exact same things with me, right? He'd give me a chance to confess. He'd give me a chance to receive communion. So it was just kind of a nice reminder for me how those two very average things that come up for me often, communion and in this context of this episode, confession, are the things I'm really going to need on my very last day on earth. And they're the things I'm going to need to die well, to to be as close as I can to being um, justified before Christ because of how much he's forgiven me.
2: That's cool how closely those are interrelated too, because it takes it back to the very beginning, where it's like the new is in the old and the old is in the new. And to the very beginning of the consequence of original sin being death, yet we're healed by repenting, yet we're healed by receiving this beautiful sacrament. And so it's like they bring us this interior peace and peace to think about what our lives should be oriented towards.
0: So I know this wasn't a very in-depth theological episode on the sacrament of confession, but I think what we wanted to do was just really just talk about it and really just share experiences about it. And hopefully alleviate some of the fears or anxiety that some people might have around the sacrament of confession. We wanted to make sure that everyone was aware of what a beautiful gift that the sacrament is there to give you. So to all our listeners out there, we highly encourage you to do your best to examine your conscience this Lent. and to give your priest a call and reach out or maybe find a scheduled confession right now in your area where you can go and receive this grace and receive this blessing that God so wants to give to you because all he wants to do is for you to know you're loved. He wants you to know that he is dying on that cross at Easter time for you to save you from your sins, and so that you can spend eternity with him. And so having said all of that, I think it's about that time that we check in with the woman at the well and see what's going on there. So Alex is going to give our reference for this week.
2: Yeah, so our woman at the well reference is actually uh, beautifully related to the sacrament of reconciliation and her directly experiencing the love of Jesus. And really her encounter with Jesus was her first confession. The thing is, is that when Jesus addressed her, her sinful ways and habits and things she had done in her life, she could have lied, but she didn't. She then took on the grace and virtue of humility in order to lead her and lead her heart into being truly converted. Which led to this conversion and being able to know what the true living water is and be able to share it.
1: Yeah, I really like that, Alex. And it made me think um, the two movements that we see from her part, the owning up to her fault and then being converted, reminds me of just the two steps that it takes for conversion, right? Conversion that happens hopefully in confession is more than just saying, I'm sorry. It starts with saying, I'm sorry. But then it's it's truly desiring to start a new life direction. And I think the woman says, the woman displays this really well for us because she shows contrition for the life she's been living, but then she doesn't stop there. You can see that she is really passionate about living a new kind of life. And she demonstrates that by desiring the living water, telling others he's the Messiah and kind of leaving her old jar behind.
0: mm mm-hmm. Okay, great. So I think it's about that time, ladies, where we talk about our God incidents of the week. And I think for me this week, it's really been about being more intentional in looking out for those that I know are struggling right now. I think through this pandemic, I think that a lot of people have you know come to a point, especially after almost being in it for a year, where mental health has, has really been taking a toll and especially those who are lonely, uh, those who live alone, those who might be considered vulnerable because of their health or their poor health, And it's just been really tough for a lot of people. And I think that I need to just be more intentional in reaching out to those that might not have somebody who they can talk to about this or who are unaware of who to talk to about those things. And so, just really being able to check up on other people, I just noticed that. There's been a lot of people lately that I've spoken to that just seem to really be struggling. And so that's kind of my God incident, just to remind me that although my day is going okay, somebody else may be struggling and might need some help.
2: Alex, what about you? Very thoughtful God incident. I enjoy that. And I think it's also a true testament to how the Holy Spirit can work through you and people. So I love that incident or incident, uh, many of your week. Uh, mine um, is actually a program I've watched recently, and I've really enjoyed. And I just one of these programs where you just want everyone to watch it and share it because it's so beautifully done It's called the search and it's on form. And it's just such a beautiful tool for evangelization. And then just reigniting that love of God for you as a unique human being. And I love the way that the creators of it incorporated the intellect and also science. I, I really enjoy those things. So I was particularly feeling God's love while watching it and really enjoying it. And I've been telling people about it since because it's awesome. So now I'm telling y'all that that was definitely my God incident. Erica, how about you? Mine
1: is eerily enough, very similar to Rachel's. So I was like smiling when she said it, because I know we didn't pre-plan it or talk about it, but I've been feeling like I'm getting a lot of consolation for a while now, actually, from this book that um, I decided to read because of someone in my life that was that was going through mental illness. And it's called The Catholic Guide to Depression. And I'm going through it super slowly, like it's taken me months to get through 50%. But I think that's because I'm really stopping and synthesizing the points and like thinking about them in my life or in in the lives of uh, people I've encountered. So one thing that just strikes me from this process of understanding mental illness from a Catholic lens is how beautiful and emptying and humbling it is. It can be sad. It can be obviously devastating for the ones around the person with the mental illness who have to help them through it. And they're from this people who create an amazing support network. But it's also this amazing process that I think sometimes mirrors that emptiness we have to have before God in confession because the, the a person really if they're struggling, if they're suffering from depression, from addiction, they have to really see their humility and their weakness before God and then just see how much they need God. And it just makes me think, uh, if, I, if I had more time, we could definitely go into this another episode, but it makes me think of the beauty of one of the gospel stories I love, which came up in the lectionary just a few weeks ago. And it's the the demoniac who who's in the region of the Gerasenes. And he's just this man who, who's been shackled and chained and he's been isolated from all of society because there's so many things that keep him chained and he's bruising himself like there's all the self-inflicted pain and literally until Jesus has to come and expel you know close to 2,000 demons from him um, it isn't until that moment that he's that he gets to experience freedom but I think it's it's just been such an amazing um, gospel story for me to apply in my life as I read this text to to my life and to people that I know who I'm incredibly humbled by uh, when I figure out their their journeys in mental illness and addiction. So that was a little bit longer, but that was mine. And as we end this episode, then we hope we gave you some thoughts and some good lighthearted but motivational reflections to start you on your Lenten journey And to help you see, I think, the beauty and the healing that the sacrament of confession can bring in your own life. So, as always, I will end us with a closing Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank, Thank you all for starting your Lenten journey with us and we will see you for the next episode.
0: And don't forget that if you're interested in signing up for our Lenten retreat on March the 6th, please take a look at our website at www.atthewell.ca to see how you can register. And we hope you have a beautiful Lenten season. God bless. Bye.